0: chapter 10 of the pennycum quicks this librivox recording is in the public domain the pennycum quicks by sabine Baring-Gould. chapter 10 with a loaf and a candle with a loaf and a candle we live in the oldest world where men labor to do the simplest things in the most roundabout way and to put whatever they come in contact with to purposes other than those intended we have seen champagne bottles used as candlesticks, and a bonnet given to a cat to kitten in, and a preacher haranguing in a theater, and a pugilist occupying a pulpit, women dressing and cutting their hair like men, and men affecting girlish ways, members of Parliament exhibiting themselves as blaggards, and leaders of the people leading them to political suicide as Jack the Giant Killer made giant gruff-me-gruff rip himself open those who have feet to walk on affect standing on their heads and those who have heads to reason with think with their stomachs with a loaf and a candle astronomers tell us that there are as many suns visible in the firmament as there are human beings in great britain about thirty millions and that each of these suns is presumably the centre of a system of worlds like our own and perhaps peopled by beings of like calibre to ourselves, let us say that each sun is given ten planets that makes three hundred millions of worlds, having in them the same proportion of thoughtless, unreasoning beings as in this globe with which we are familiar. Who would have supposed that there was such a diffusion of silliness, wrong-headedness, and blunder brains diffused through space with a loaf and a candle? it is the fashion to believe in evolution to hold that mankind is developed through a long progression from something as inarticulate as frog-spawn and we believe it because we see so much of this inchoate inorganic spawn still taking the place of brain in the heads of humanity men have grown and become vertebrate and have branched into members but the spawn still lingers as it was in the cells of the skull with a loaf and a candle full a score of in the main not unintelligent men were about to search for the body of their master with a loaf of cake and a candle footnote in yorkshire cake is white bread bread is oat cake haver bread End of footnote. how a loaf and a candle should conduce towards the finding the object they sought it is not easy to see what there was in the nature of the loaf or candle to make each appropriate to the purpose, not one of these in the main, not unintelligent men asked. The upper reach of the canal had drained itself away, but at the locks the rush of water had furrowed the bed, pent in as it had been, between the walls, and had left deep pools. Below the locks the face of the land was flat, the fall slight, and there the canal was brimming and much of the water that had overflowed still lay about in the fields this portion of the Kelt basin went by the name of the fleet which indicated a time perhaps not remote when it had been a waste of ooze and water channels sometimes overflowed and sometimes dry the whole of the drained canal bed had been searched between the lock and the bridge that carried the road across the river and canal a distance of three-quarters of a mile but without success. The men who intended prosecuting the search in their own fashion were clustered below the shattered locks. But the gathering did not consist of men only. With them were some mill girls from a factory on the slope that had not stopped, not having been affected by the flood. They wore scarlet or pink kerchiefs over their heads, pinned under the chin, and plain white pinafores to protect their dresses at their work from the oil a custom as picturesque and becoming as convenient. These girls were there because it was an unsuitable place for them. No other season will suffice to explain their presence. But women, water, and wind will penetrate everywhere. Mrs. Sidebottom and Salome were also on the canal bank. They had no faith in the experiment about to be tried, but each for different reasons thought it expedient to be present. Salome would not be away, so intense was her anxiety about the fate of Uncle Jeremiah. And Mrs. Sidebottom would be there, so as not to seem indifferent. Janet, tired from her long journey and not strong, did not come out. She remained with her mother. Philip and Lambert Pennycombequick were there as a duty. A disagreeable and onerous duty the captain considered it, because it spoiled his dinner a loaf and a candle a good round loaf of baker's bread had a hole scooped out of it and into this hole a tallow candle was thrust the candle was lighted and sent adrift on the water of the canal the night was dark the moon did not rise for another hour or more all the mills in the valley were dark not only had they been brought to a standstill by the flood but the main of the gas was broken this was the cause of the eclipse, likewise, of the lamps on the road. The water had left the cottage of the lock-keeper, and the bodies of the dead man and his wife had been found, and laid on the sodden bed. A yellow glimmer shone out of the window, for a candle burnt there, and a fire had been kindled. An old woman, a relation, driven from her home by the water, was sitting there trying to coax a fire to keep in, in the wet and rusty grate, and supplying herself with gin to keep out the chill from her bones. The town on the hill flank twinkled with lights, and just beyond the ridge pulsated the auroral flicker from the distant foundries. The lamps on the railway shone green and red. Some of those engaged in the search bore lanterns. The cluster on the embankment, with the moving lights, the occasional flash over a red kerchief or a white pinafore, and the reflections in the water united to form a striking picture. See there said one man, to leet light be hidden agin to stream. There's no stream flowin said another. There are out to be, and there is for sewer sure. to kenne gannin up to course because to wind be blown frae to east. It was true, the loaf of bread which had been placed in the water, instead of taking a seaward direction with the natural fall of the current, was swimming slowly but perceptibly upwards. The yellow flame of the candle was turned towards the locks, showing in which direction the wind set, and explaining naturally the phenomenon. The current was so slight that the wind acting on the loaf had power to overcome it. "'Show's travellin' upwards,' said the first speaker." Shows bound to seek him out. Into the canal suddenly fell a mass of undermined bank, making a splash and sending the floating light gyrating and dancing as the wavelets formed. One of the mill girls going too near the edge had trodden on the loosened soil and nearly fell in herself, provoking a laugh and a reprimand. Mind what th'art, a boot loss, shouted one of the men. If thou falls in, I'm none bound to hug thee out. I can crawl out without thy huggin', Bill, answered the girl promptly. Eh, hey, said another, Effie for sure thou art not born to be drowned. Some by play went on, a half romp in the rear between a young woolcomber and a girl reeler. Now nah, then, shouted the night watch, we're none come out for lakes games and if you're gain' to remain, you must be quiet. The incongruity of their behavior with the gravity of the occasion struck the young people, and they desisted. What had become of the refuge hut? Curiously enough, till this moment, no one had noticed its disappearance, perhaps because of the completeness with which it had been effaced. No sooner had the stream penetrated to its interior than it had collapsed, and every brick and slate and rafter had been swept away from the platform it had occupied the policeman had joined the party carrying a bull's-eye lantern one of the men had provided grappling irons always kept near the bridge because accidents were not uncommon in the canal and the river drunken men fell in children in play got pushed over girls in paroxysms of despair threw themselves in the loaf with the light had now got above the spot where the bank had fallen in AND THE RIPPLE AIDED THE WIND IN CARRYING IT WITHIN THE LOCKS. Shows has GOT AN I.D. WHERE? IT TO CRUST OR IT TO crumb. SHOW'S makin' reet AHEAD FOR TO DEEPEST HOIL. HOLE? IN all to CANAL. IT WAS SO. THE LOAF HAD ENTERED WITHIN THE WALLS. EVERY NOW AND THEN, ON A RIPPLE, THE BREAD LEAPED AND THE FLAME WAVERED AS A BANNER. The draught snuffed the glowing wick and carried some of the red sparks away and extinguished them in the black water. The searchers now congregated on the paved platform and looked timorously yet inquisitively into the gulf where lay the pool dark as ink. The candle flame faintly irradiated the enclosing walls and painted a streak of fire on the surface of the water. When thus enclosed, the movements of the loaf were such as to give color to the superstition, for it careered in circles, then struck across the canal, went back as if disappointed in its quest, ran up the course, and then turned and went down the enclosed space, and finally came forth from between the walls. There it halted a moment, and danced and careened over, and righted itself again, as relaxing from its search, and tossing the flame in a defiant manner as if it was disgusted with its work and resolved no longer to prosecute the inquiry but a minute later it came apparently to a better mind the flame became steadier it recommenced its gyrations described a loop and suddenly became stationary at a spot a little short of half-way across the canal the strange conduct of the loaf was in reality caused by the currents and revolutions of the water but as these were unperceived by those who looked on, they became impressed with the conviction that the loaf was really animated by a mysterious occult power that impelled it to fulfill the task allotted to it. All now stood hushed for full five minutes, almost breathless, none stirring, every eye directed to the light to see whether it would remain where it was or recommence its wanderings. Then the night watch exclaimed, the moon all turned to the east and saw the orb rise red above a wooded hill the darkness was at once sensibly relieved now then shouted bill in wit to arns just at place we're stands the grapplers were cast in and caught immediately in some object near the surface the men drew at the ropes and the waters gurgled and were disturbed about the loaf producing a broad commotion the loaf leaped turned over and the light was extinguished it had accomplished its task whatever can it be asked one of the men sho might be a coil coal barge sunk it canal sho say heavy stay said the night watch to water for sewer ain't deep here now but up to to armpits, whatever it be, tis this at ha caught and held to cake I fancy to top o to consarn is just below to surface if some o you chaps'll help, I'll get in, and together we'll hug it out. Two or three volunteered, and after much wading and splashing, a cumbrous article was heaved out of the water, but not by three or four men for several more taunted by the mill lasses went in to the assistance of the first volunteers why rose in general exclamation shows a piano this discovery provoked a laugh in which all shared how iver could a piano ha got there was asked that beats ah shouted another that taloaf and cannel should tell where a piano lay drowned to instrument and sarve to produce a necessary accompaniment to some of thy songs joe the moon had risen by this time sufficiently to transform the whole sheet of water into one of light the bell of murgatroyd church tower began to toll for evensong suddenly the laughter the jokes the exclamations of wonder died away for something was seen that had risen from the depths disturbed by the commotion of the water and mud when the piano was extracted and see the loaf with its extinguished candle was swimming towards the object it reached it it capered about it it ran round it and then attached itself to it what was it the glassy silvery surface of the water was broken by it in several places then there rushed by along the line a train with the engine shrieking and shrieking continuously to give warning to workers on the embankment that it was coming. And that shriek so wrought on the nerves of some of the girls present that they screamed also in sudden terror. For, though no one answered the question what that blot on the canal surface was, every one knew. All stood motionless again, and waiting till the scream of the train was lost, and then, in silence, Two men waded into the water, reached the object, drew it after them to the bank, and with the assistance of others, raised it and laid it on the towpath. Then the group drew towards it, after a momentary hesitation and recoil, and the policeman passed the ray of his bull's eye lantern up and down it. The question could no longer be asked, What was it? It must now be put, Who is it? Yes, who? for the body, just recovered, was defaced almost past recognition. "'Whoever he may be,' said the policeman, "'we must find out by his clothes, for his face and head be that smashed and mutilated. "'Tis a pictor, for sartin the piano must have fallen on him, that is, on his head, and left not a feature to recognize.' "'And the clothing is queer,' observed the night-watch. "'It was so.' The body recovered was partially naked, with bare legs and feet, and wore nothing more than a nightshirt and a greatcoat. Stand back, ordered the policeman. Let Miss Cusworth come forward. He had stooped and spread his handkerchief over the face. There was no need for her to see that. Salome stepped forward. She was shuddering, but spoke with composure, and not till she had thoroughly studied the corpse at her feet. This cannot be Mr. Penny come quick, she said. He was dressed in a black suit. He had been out to dinner. I beg your pardon, said Mrs. Sidebottom, who had pushed forward. He was not dressed. I went into the bedroom as soon as I knew he was lost and found that his dress clothes were there and the bed disturbed. The policeman, kneeling, examined the pockets from that in the breast of the overcoat. He drew forth a card case and held it close to the lantern. Salome said immediately, That is Mr. Pennycome Quick's card case. And his cards are in it, added the policeman. Salome looked again attentively at the body. That is Mr. Pennycome Quick's overcoat, I know it, but that cannot be Mr. Pennycome Quick wearing it. Then, overcome with the horror of the scene, Salome shrank back the policeman had now extracted a letter from the pocket the address was blotted but after a little examination could be made out j Pennycumquick, esq manufacturer murgatroyd it is strange that he should be without his boots said the policeman not at all said mrs sidebottom any one but a fool as soon as he is in the water kicks them off as they fill and drag him down i can swear to the identity that is my brother. Remove the body to the house. End of chapter ten.